Martini, the Pistol Packin' Mountain Mama Health Nut. Welcome back to Throw Out the Trash. I'm so glad you're here. Is the vitamin mineral supplement you're taking really making you feel better? Does it give you long-lasting energy and lift the brain fog so many of us experience? Is it really protecting your cells? If not, check out a product called the Talate from a proactive wellness company called 3. You take four capsules and one soft gel once every morning and you are protected all day. And in each dose, you get more than just vitamins and minerals that are from whole foods. You also get fruits, greens, digestive enzymes, a probiotic, omega-3s, and 72 trace minerals and amino acids. Basically, seven products in one. It supports heart, brain, joint, and eye function, supports a healthy gut microbiome, and promotes cellular energy. This product and five other products from the three company are all listed in the physician's desk reference. You can find that at www.pdr.net. For more information and to do your own research, visit my website at genieolson.iii.earth. We also have a preferred customer program where you can pay wholesale prices instead of retail, so check it out. Okay, on to today's episode. I'm going to talk today more on sucralose. I had several listeners request more information about it, and I'm so glad they did. So if you have any requests for topics or you'd like me to expand on a topic, please let me know, okay? So here's more on sucralose. Some of the information I'm going to share came from research done by Stacy Malkin. Uh, she wrote an article entitled Sucralose, Emerging Science Reveals Health Risks. And Stacy is part of an organization called U.S. Right to Know. So how was sucralose invented? Well, it was invented by accident in 1975 when a laboratory leader at Queen Elizabeth College asked an assistant to test the chemical they were experimenting with. It was under consideration for an insecticide, if you can believe that. The assistant thought the leader meant taste it, so he did, and he found it to have a really sweet taste. So, the science team kept testing it and finally received a patent in 1984. The proper chemical name, and I hope I don't mess this up, is trichlorogalactosucrose. The marketing name is sucralose because the word sucrose is in the chemical name. The marketing campaign for Splenda was made from sugar so it tastes like sugar. Splenda was launched in 1992. And that's why I thought it must be good, you know, or at least better for you than the other artificial sweeteners, but I was wrong of course. In fact, because Splenda's owners, Tate and Lyle's deceptive advertising, several advertising boards from Australia, New Zealand, and France ordered the campaign slogan to be discontinued because it was misleading the public. The U.S. had similar lawsuits to stop the false advertising. Boy, I totally bought into it. So what is sucralose exactly? I don't want to get too far into chemistry, so I'll try to make it as simple as possible. The molecular formula for sucralose is C12H19Cl3O8. So that means it has 12 carbons, 19 hydrogens, 3 chlorine, and 8 oxygen. Did you catch the chlorine part? Sucralose is synthesized by chlorinating the sugar sucrose by substituting hydroxyl groups with chlorine atoms. When I was younger, my mom loved to clean with a product called Clorox bleach. And in, 
in her defense, you know, she didn't have a clue that it could be harmful to you. She just loved how well that it cleaned and she loved how clean it made her house smell. Clorox is comprised of about five different products that are used as a disinfectant, household cleaner, whitener for laundry and other uses. One of the ingredients is chlorine. Wait, didn't I just say that chlorine is in sucralose? I sure did. Anyway, my mom loved the smell of it and loved how well it would clean. She would put chlorine in five gallon buckets of water and then mop her concrete basement floor with it. Sometimes that was my job and the fumes were horrible. I thought I'd pass out. I never could understand why she liked the smell. But after cleaning her floors with it and whatever else she needed to clean, she would she would dump the bucket of chlorine water down the sink, and she did this a lot. She had a spotless house, actually. But eventually, doing this over the years, the septic tank backed up, and my parents had to have it pumped and cleaned out. And the reason it backed up was because normally the waste product in the sewer will break down naturally because of the friendly bacteria. When my mom dumped the chlorine into the septic tank, the chlorine killed the bacteria and the contents didn't break down. Apparently, flushing antibacterial soap or antibiotics down the drain kills the friendly bacteria as well. Who knew? That never crossed my mind and I use a lot of antibacterial soap. Anyway, the Clorox in the septic tank is basically what happens in your digestive system when you consume sucralose. Sucralose, which contains chlorine, kills the good bacteria in your gut and allows the bad bacteria to thrive, causing different health issues like SIBO or SIBO and leaky gut. It can, in fact, kill up to 50% of the good bacteria. There was an article that was put out by Dr. Susan S. Schiffman and Troy Nagel. There was a study done on rats. It was like a 12-week study. And they said, this is just a short little sentence of what they had said in the article. They said the reduction in bifidobacteria, lactobacilli, bacteroids were much lower after 12 weeks at the lowest dose, which is uh, 1.1 milligrams per kilogram per day. So that's like one 12 ounce drink. That's not very much. In November of 2022, I got a urinary tract infection and a bunch of yeast infections. And I was given two different antibiotics over a 30 day period. And I was also, at that time, consuming a lot of Splenda. Splenda was a way I could satisfy my sweet tooth since I can't have sugar. Needless to say, I pretty much destroyed any healthy gut bacteria I had, and it was a vicious cycle. Once I finished the antibiotics, I increased my probiotics to over 120 billion. Now talk to your health provider, of course, you know, before you change your probiotics if you take one. And then I later decreased it after I started to heal and get better. I do believe that everyone should take a probiotic. I quit consuming Splenda, took the probiotic, and it worked, and I feel so much better now. In episode 8, I mentioned several reasons to avoid sucralose, so I won't mention those again, but I found other reasons to avoid sucralose that are just as important. In the article I mentioned that was posted by Stacy Malkin, it stated some of the following health risks. Leukemia, that surprised me. Obesity, weight gain, decreased insulin sensitivity. Instead, sucralose can enter into the breast milk of breastfeeding mothers, and it appeared in the breast milk two hours following ingestion. 
and it can stay in the body for up to two weeks. It's called bioaccumulation. Oh, other health risks, colon cancer, liver inflammation. Consumer Affairs listed the following health problems that can occur in some people. The ones listed seem to go away in the people who experienced them after quitting Splenda. Listen closely as I list these. If you have any of the adverse effects I list, see if they go away after stopping the use of sucralose, and I'd love to hear your stories. Okay, so they are blurred vision, seizures, dizziness, migraines, can cause inflammation, and we know that this can cause high blood pressure for one. It affects appetite and taste perception, so you have an increase in hunger, so you eat more. Bloating, nausea, diarrhea, stomach pain, anxiety, rectal bleeding, heart palpitations, ringing in the ears, bad taste in the mouth, chest pain, headaches, leg pain and swelling, numbness, shortness of breath, confusion, lightheadedness, muscle cramps. That's a long list and good reasons to quit consuming sucralose altogether. So do it for your own health. Okay, I hope you found this information helpful. Leave a comment below or email me at lifetop7 at gmail.com and let me know your thoughts. Okay, on to mountain adventures. Living off-grid in the mountains of East Idaho has its challenges. Challenges like producing our own power and long, sometimes unforgiving winters. We also get to experience a lot of different animals that we share home with. They usually get their way, but are used to us being here. I guess you could say they allow us to stay here instead of us allowing them to stay. There's one kind of animal that lives here, but we don't get to see it very often, and that's black bears. You know, we see their tracks often and have heard them in the trees grunting or growling, which usually means agitation. Our dogs get nervous when they sense a bear is around. Here's a few facts about black bears. And they're also known as the American bear, brown bear, cinnamon bear, blue-gray bear, and, you know, depending on their color. The brown bear is the most common black bear in western North America. So it's large and stocky and has a short tail, and its ears are small and rounded. The adults range from 4.3 to 6.2 feet in length, and weigh between 132 to 661 pounds. And the males can be up to 70% heavier than the females. They're classified as carnivores or meat eaters, but have an omnivorous diet where they both eat plants and animals. They are not territorial and will roam within a 77-mile range. Breeding begins in the spring and peaks during June and July, but implantation uh, the fertilized egg is delayed. It just floats around in the uterus until November and December. One to four cubs are born in January or February. I guess I thought when the bears hibernated, they stayed asleep the whole time. But they will wake up to have the babies. The babies are born blind, fully furred, and toothless, and only weigh about one pound. They are born with blue eyes, but within a year they turn brown. They stay with the mom for about 16 months. She only has cubs every two to three years, and black bears can live more than 30 years in the wild. So one hot August day, my husband Nick was cutting hay. Nothing out of the ordinary for him that time of year. Most of the animals are shaded up during the day because it's too hot, so Nick wasn't expecting to see anything. He was in the tractor and was using a pull-type swather to cut the hay, 
when he noticed a young black bear, about 250 pounds, sniffing around his pickup that was parked on the other side of the field. So he shut the swather off and headed towards the pickup with the tractor. Well, when he got closer, the bear was headed down a dirt road away from him, so he got in the pickup and followed the bear to see where he was going. He caught up with the bear eventually and stopped and shut his pickup off. The bear came over to the pickup and kept walking around it, checking it out. Nick said he was getting nervous. Well, I was at home when Nick called and asked if I wanted to see a bear. Of course I did. So I hopped in the car and met up with him. I got in the pickup with him and we sat and just watched this bear and it kept going around and around in circles over and over. So something was clearly wrong with him. We concluded and it was later confirmed that the bear was blind. Apparently, the bear had never received its sight, I guess. However, it managed to live and grow to be as big as it was and that's still a mystery. After a little while, the bear headed for the canyon that was thick with aspen trees and sarvisberry trees. So we followed it to the tree line and parked the pickup, and Nick got out and started following the bear on foot. Not me. I asked him, where are you going? And he said he needed to go with it so we knew where it was so fish and game could get there to relocate the bear. So down into the trees they both went, and I waited and waited, and it seemed like forever, and after about 30 minutes, I got out of the pickup and I walked over to the trees and I hollered for Nick. Nothing. Not a sound. So I hollered again. Nothing. I just knew the bear had turned on him and attacked him and he was a goner. Of course, my mind had all kinds of scenarios going on, like he's dead or maimed or mauled. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, if he doesn't come back, then I'm going to have to go down into the canyon and find him which means I could be maimed or mauled or killed. And I was not interested in that at all. Well, after a few more minutes, I decided to holler for him one more time. So I yelled his name several times as loud as I could, and then I added, I'm not coming down there, so you'd better be okay. Well, just then, he steps from behind a tree and calmly says, Well, why not? I asked him how long he'd been by that tree, and he said, Oh, for a while, he was just watching the bear and he started to laugh. He remarked later that he couldn't believe I wouldn't risk my life to save him. Nope, sure won't. <laughs> well, we finally left the bear there and went on with our day. Fish and Game called later and said that they had to put the bear down. And I thought that was sad, but also sad for a bear to live in the wild with no sight. So it didn't end as well as we thought. But there's always an adventure at our house. Okay, make sure to check out my website, throwoutthetrash.podbean.com and you can email me at lifetop7 at gmail.com and hit the follow button so you don't miss an episode and leave a comment below. I'd love to hear from you. And I'll leave you with this like I always do. When you've done everything you can, that's when God will step in and do what you can't. He loves you. Go get your dreams. See you next time.